Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing that. We, as usual, are sponsored by Bovine Colostrum. It actually is a supplement, two grams a day, decreases your risk of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, if you happen to take one, or aspirin, even baby aspirin, affecting your intestine, causing bloating or causing the leaky gut syndrome, as well as it by itself decreases upper respiratory infection risk, especially if you exercise. That's bovine colostrum from Life's First Naturals, our sponsor of You, the Owner's Manual radio podcast. This is the A segment, the latest news of the week and what it means to you, 1065A to be specific. I guess that means we're coming up on our 21st year anniversary and we'll talk about the longevity as the next disruptor segment because it is a really good point, and that is that physical activity is linked to progression of coronary artery calcium. Um, but um, you say, well, wait a second, coronary artery calcium means I've got more risk of heart disease. Well, in this case, maybe not, and we'll explain that in a few segments. But that's our longevity is the next disruptor segment. Before I go there, I want to talk about our guest in the B segment. It was Dr. Lauren Crosby who talked about colds and flu and what you do in kids. Really important at this time of year as cold and flu season is coming in. Yeah, we've had COVID and you've got all that, but now we're going to have cold and flu season. One of these years, you know, looking at the data from um, down south, Australia and the southern peninsula, it doesn't look like this is going to be a bad one. But pretty soon we may have a bad one and, and this one may break out later on. And Warren Crosby talks a lot about what to do and how to prepare for it. Last week... You Are What You Click, a great segment with Brian Primack. That was 1064B. And, of course, one of my favorites now of all time is Kissing. That's everything you wanted to know about one of life's sweetest pleasures. It's a book by Andre Demurgian, D-E-M-I-R-J-I-A-N. You can just look up the book Kissing, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About One of Life's Sweetest Pleasures. She did an outstanding job. That was 1063B. I think that was the last one released in September of this year. Today, we're going to have another great guest, as I said, Warren Crosby. Next week, The Sound of Mine with Nina Kraus, How We Think About Sounds. That's our guest. But today is the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. So let's go right to that. The first story is, is maple syrup better for you than sugar? 
The answer, of course, is no. It still gives you sugar. Now, if you're saying on a, on it is the peak level of sugar, and that's another story, the two-hour oral glucose tolerance test can predict your future episodic memory decline. That, again, another longevity is the next disruptor, as well as Roy's and Rule for a Younger You, number 17, don't eat junk. Um, and some of the junk is simple sugar. And yes, unfortunately, maple syrup is some of that. So could you do it on one of those four cheat days you have a year? Your birthday, whatever it is, pick four days. I know I'll pick uh, Super Bowl Sunday, and I'll pick our anniversary and Thanksgiving and one other day for my cheat days and maybe I'll have maple syrup those days. I probably won't because I have some other things picked out that do raise my blood sugar. But other than that, you don't want to raise your blood sugar above a threshold level because that does predict cancer, memory loss, and heart failure. So no simple sugars and maple syrup is unfortunately a simple sugar. Part of the Automega series, of course, is that oral glucose tolerance test. So this one fits in two categories, actually three. Roizen rule for younger you, number 17. Longevity is the next disruptor. And the Automegas is don't eat junk food. High physical activity is linked to coronary artery calcium progression. So coronary, what is coronary artery calcium? It's the amount of calcium you have in your coronary arteries. It's the so-called Agaston number or Agaston test after the great doctor Agaston, cardiologist, who first found this. And the calcium, the level of calcium, that score in your heart gives you a risk factor. When it's over 400, it's an absolute number. That's right. It's 400, it is, you're at high risk. 100 to 400 at moderate risk, under 300 at low risk, but it's, of course, different in different ages, and you should see your doctor about it. But one of the things they say is, well, if I do physical activity, why should it increase it? Because it's stabilizing the plaque. That's right. Both statin drugs, such as atorvastatin and rosuvastatin or Lipitor and Crestor, as well as physical activity, increase your score. But they do so because it's turning lipid plaque that can break away and cause havoc and heart attacks and strokes to calcium plaque that also can break away but less easily. So it's calcifying the plaque. Don't stop exercise. But do know that if you are exercising, your score may be higher than it would have been if you hadn't been exercising. Don't stop exercise. Step count. The headline was 7,000 a year is the, uh, a day rather, is the best, gets you the maximum benefit. No, when you look at the data, it is 7,000 is better than 6,000, but 8,000 is better than 7, and 10 is better than 7. That's right. If you look at the groupings, the 7 to 10 is the lowest risk. But when you look at the individual scores and graph them, it is 10,000 is where you get the maximum benefit for minimum activity. That's the same in a number of meta-analyses. We discuss those in the reboot workshops that I give at the Cleveland Clinic, where it shows you that 10,000 steps 
is the minimum or step equivalence. You get it for gardening, you get step equivalence for swimming, etc. Everything you do counts to that general physical activity. And that 10,000 steps a day gives you 50% of the total benefit of all physical activities. Then you want to do 20 minutes of resistance twice a week, resistance activities such as lifting your weight with a push-up or a pull-up or a lunge or a squat or lifting weights or doing bands, whatever it is to move a muscle against gravity, to move a weight against gravity is that 20 minutes twice a week of resistance activity. The third is cardio, 20 minutes three times a week at 80% of your age-adjusted max, 220 minus your age is your age-adjusted max. So if you're 70, 220 minus 70, 150, take 80% of that, so subtract 15 is 10%, another 15 of 150 is another 10%, so you wanna do it at a heart rate of 120 or greater for 20 minutes three times a week. And the fourth is jumping 40 times, 20 morning, 20 in the evening. And yes, I'm having my coffee because that does decrease type 2 diabetes, nine cancers, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease in epidemiologic studies. Next article is that more than one third of children sleep less than recommended. What do we do about that? I don't know, other than you've got to give them set bedtimes. They should have the same bedtime weekdays and weekends. Sleep, maybe if they want to sleep a little later on weekends, that's okay. But basically, to get them to bed early, which means get them to do their regular homework at a regular time so that they can get in bed and be prepared for bed and the lights out, no, no if you will, devices, etc., for an hour before they go to bed would be optimal. Artificial intelligence has been studied now for both the diagnosis of breast cancer and of um, bladder cancer. That is, with bladder cancer, they insert a device into your bladder called a cystoscope to look at the bladder. For breast cancer, they take pictures from the outside and whether it's a x-ray or an MRI or now an ultrasound, it's been shown that having an AI system with the radiologist or with the urologist, that is the radiologist does it for the breast cancer with a x-rays or MRI or ultrasound and the urologist does it with bladder cancer, having them plus an AI system reviewing the pictures, improves the diagnosis significantly. Both it lessens the, what we call false positives and increases the true positives by about 20% in both cases, um, significantly. And it does it much faster. So you give it to a panel of radiologists, they'll do, or a panel of urologists, they'll do just as well as the AI system. But we don't have a panel that is 10 or more guys looking at each of our x-rays, but we can use an AI system to duplicate that and to get just as accurate. Another story is on the greater weight loss after bariatric surgery is important at decreasing type 2 diabetes. That is one of the reasons for doing bariatric surgery is to decrease 
the risk of type 2 diabetes. Bariatric surgery is surgery um, that decreases absorption of food. It's to bypass your stomach or bypass part of the small intestine and to let you have less metabolic syndrome because you're not absorbing sugar and all the calories. And it shows that the people who lost the most weight had the greatest reduction in type 2 diabetes risk. That's an important thing. Now, there's some new drugs coming along that have just come along, and they're too expensive right now for everybody to use them. They're charging $7,000 to $15,000 a year for the right doses of these. But the GLP-1 inhibitors agonists um, and antagonists that uh, the there are some specific drugs that are going to be major beneficiaries for us in trying to control weight when they come down in price. But right now they're a little too expensive for most of us to routinely prescribe. But are they as cheap as bariatric surgery? Yes, they're as inexpensive in the one or three year time frame. But over the long run, remember, you have to keep taking these pills every year. And so that could add up. We don't have long enough data to say you can take the pills for one year and then go off of them and you'll keep your weight down. Let's look at one other study, which is a very interesting one, because it looks at women and donating organs. And it turns out that men and women have similar reason for becoming an organ donor, that is, to help society and to help their fellow humans. But women, 60% of them, when approached, sign up as organ donors, as opposed to 40% of men. And why? It's personal fears and more than a third said medical mistrust. That was no different by gender. But lack of knowledge of the transplantation process and wanting to wanting their body to be intact for burial, those were much more common in men. 60% of women more willing to donate, only 40% of men. And that's a shame because thousands, thousands of people die every year in the United States and even more around the world for lack of an organ donor when they need a donation of a liver or a lung or an eye or a kidney. And remember, one, if you donate, you can specify which organs, but one person who's relatively healthy can give a heart and a lung and a liver and a kidney and even their eyes if they've been in a uh, motor vehicle accident. So think about signing up for that form. Okay, let's go over what we've done today and what the key thing is. Key, don't eat simple sugars. We've said that that's the longevity is the next disruptor, as well as Roizen rule number 17, don't eat stupid stuff. And unfortunately, maple syrup, as great as it tastes and as good as it's polyphenols, gives you too high a rise in blood sugar when you eat it straight out as one of the first things, for example, on pancakes right away. 
higher physical activity, we went over why it is linked with an increased coronary calcium score, but why that doesn't indicate badness and why you should make sure your doc knows whether you're taking a statin and your physical activity so that he can adjust that score for your activity. And remember, the key to get half of the benefit of all physical activity is to do those 10,000 steps a day no ifs, ands, and buts, 10,000 every day. I'm uh, a little short of that right now, but I will get it before I go to bed as well. That's, this has been 1065A, the latest medical news of the week, and what it means to you. Thanks very much for downloading us. Do tell your friends about us, whether you liked us or not. And remember, the 1065B segment is a great guest, uh, Lauren Crosby, talking about cold and flu season. 1064 um, was another wonderful uh, guest. I, I must say that is You Are What You Click, a, um, how being selective, positive, and creative can transform the social media experience to being really positive and for being incredibly, um, if you will, beneficial to do that for you and your tribe. In 1063, that was Andre Demaragin, a kissing expert. I didn't know there were such things. She is author of Kissing, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About One of Life's Sweetest Pleasures, Andre, 1063B, an outstanding, outstanding interview. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Caitlin, for great engineering. I'm looking forward to talking with you next week on the latest news of the week and our special guest. That'll be, I think, next week is 1066. And I think we've got scheduled Nina Kraus and the book Sound of Mind. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week.